sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Happy Monday. Fantasy Sports Today is live on SportsGrid for the next two hours. I'm Craig Mish. We've got Joe Pizzapia here every day, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. It was a big upset Sunday in the NFL. A couple of massive favorites go down. Certainly more injuries to get to here on the show as well. And Joe, uh, for the first time in a while, we got a massive running back performance out of a player that was taken in the top five. So go figure that. It's only happened a couple times this year. But finally, (laughs) somebody in fantasy football that was taken high led people to a win this week. And that's where we'll start today. You get 50 fantasy points from a player you're supposed to win, Joe. And finally, it happened. Yeah, show me the screenshot of the Dalvin Cook lineup that lost. Oh, God, I can't imagine what went wrong there. But it was a great game for Dalvin Cook, and I actually got to watch four quarters of that one. Uh, I wanted to be watching the Steelers and Ravens, but I had to be going back and forth with NFL Network on that one. But great performance, obviously, from Dalvin Cook. And the Vikings saying, hey, we're not done yet. Don't uh, dismiss us, although uh, many people are. But it was interesting Sunday because some teams kind of came back to the pack. Some teams kind of basically showed, hey, we're not dead yet. And a few other teams, I think, are looking right now where you're saying maybe we're starting to separate a little bit ourselves from the rest of the division. And I think that was what week eight, for me at least, seemed to be about. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Very exciting finishes in a couple of games. Uh, in particular, the Chargers-Broncos game, I think, had the finish of the year in an NFL yeah. game uh, thus far. Not a lot of people were probably watching that game, but uh, the end was really spectacular. Okay, let's let's dive into it here on this Monday. First and foremost, let's get to the good news. Dalvin Cook and the Vikings running all over the Packers in a in probably one of the bigger upsets of the season. Not the biggest, but one of the bigger, that's for sure. You're laying seven and you lose outright and the game's not particularly close. It's a pretty big upset. Cook had a monster game, best game of his career. Uh, Dolphins win Tua's debut versus the Rams, and he really didn't have to do much. Miami's defense is playing out of this world. Mm-hmm. They really uh, just stepped on the Rams from start to finish. Very surprising that, uh, that that's the way it went down. We'll have to see how Miami plays moving forward, too, because basically, unless their defense gifts them a win, their offense did not look very good. Uh, Bengals shock the Titans behind Joe Burrow, Bernard, and Boyd. The Triple Bs going forward. Maybe you don't need Joe Mixon. Maybe you just need Joe Burrow mm. to be throwing the ball all around the field. By the way, the other part of this, too, the Bengals' defense played very well like the offense didn't <laughs> do did. anything for almost three quarters the Bengals defense showed up somehow I mean without three offensive linemen starting really incredible uh Patriots played great by the way also against Buffalo and were so close to not only winning that game but a fumble away from tying it and maybe winning it overtime but unfortunately for Cam Newton uh he fumbles uh Patriots are now clearly in big trouble but look they they did play very well I thought in that game uh and as we mentioned Drew Locke leads the team down the field in the end throws a, a ball in the back of the end zone there's pass interference and then they end up winning and the Chargers uh, Joe are the gift that keeps on giving I understand that Atlanta <sighs> is 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 known as like the choke team and the king of chokers mm-hmm. I got to tell you nobody has liked the Chargers through the years the Chargers are the worst betting favorite not named the Cowboys in the last 10 years they can't put games away and and, you know I'd love to blame the coach you know it's very easy to do that but I mean it's staggering how many I mean four 14 point leads blown already we're only halfway through the season and and look uh Denver's not a good team 
Uh, they're not a, a average team. They're a poor team, but mm-hmm. they found a way to to win in the last play of the game in that one. Yeah, they did. And, and what's so staggering about the Chargers too is defensively they have some talent. I mean, it's not like they're bereft of talent. Individual players on that Charger defense would be coveted by many, many teams in the NFL. So it's just kind of bizarre to me. I don't know if it's you know one of these things where it creeps in your psyche as a team where you have leads and you blow them. But it's very frustrating because Herbert's doing everything he can. I mean, Herbert is right in that mix, obviously, for Rookie of the Year. He's played out of his mind. But it's troubling because where are the Chargers? They should be winning these games. Herbert's putting up good offensive performances. The offense is scoring 30 points. You need to win games where you score 30 points. It is wretched. And I know, I know Denver is a tough place to go in and play. But still, this is a pattern, as you're saying. It's a very frustrating one for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, what, the bottom line is you're up 24 to three in the fourth quarter on any team you should be winning, and yeah. and, and and that's basically Terrible. something the Terrible. Chargers have a history of doing is not winning those games of being up. So that was a big takeaway, of course. Also, unfortunately, there is a ton of COVID news today in the NFL, mm. and we're going to have to keep an eye on it because things seem to be spiking everywhere in the country. And a couple of players, according to NFL Network, ended up playing while positive for the virus. Mm. So. Uh, you, may, you may ask yourself how this is happening. Uh, no one really knows the answer, but apparently, uh, according to NFL Network, they take these tests and they don't get their results back until mid-game or or after the game. So it just goes to Justin show Turner you that the test. NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show you that the NFL is just as clueless as everybody else with trying to manage this. And AJ Dillon is one player who's not going to play Thursday night for the Packers. They're down to just Jamal Williams and uh, Humphrey, the cornerback on the Ravens, also tested positive. Uh, for COVID, I believe is on the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. And um, the Ravens have so many injuries coming out of that game against Pittsburgh. And yeah. that is definitely a team to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, we got our fantasy standouts coming up next. We'll go through all the highlights, who did what, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, don't forget, coming up a little bit later in the show, we go through every single score and every single player in fantasy and talk about who did what and potentially who you can count on moving forward so stay tuned plenty more to come here on fantasy sports today follow us on twitter at sports grid learn all about our programming 24 7 not only on sports grid but also on sports grid radio you can follow us there as well you can follow me on twitter at craig mish follow joe on pizza uh, joe on twitter at joe pizza ps17 and we will take a quick break right here on fft so make sure you stay on the grid and stay tuned our fantasy standouts are next don't go away SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Great to be with you here on this Monday. Monday Night Football coming up a little bit later is the Buccaneers Take on the New York Giants, not the sexiest game of all, but hey, it's Tom Brady, so that should be a little bit of fun. The line has now creeped up to about 12 and a half. I know in the mm. Super Contest it was a lot less than that, but not a lot of faith in the Giants for sure. Uh, big numbers don't always cover, as we found out this week. A uh, couple of big spreads going down in flames. Titans on the road, big favorite. Packers, big favorite, didn't win that game outright. One team that did win, however, 
Although it was kind of back and forth, a little close. Jets kept kicking those field goals. Maybe if they would have scored a touchdown or two, they could have covered. Uh, Jets at Kansas City. Let's take a look at our uh, fantasy standouts from week eight in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, 31 of 42, 416 passing yards and five touchdowns in this game. Did a good job of spreading it around too. Hardman, Hill, Kelsey, Robinson, everybody getting involved. Russell Wilson at this point, I'm going to guess is the favorite for the MVP. We've shifted around here a little bit, quite a bit. Josh Allen maybe on the outside looking in, Wilson on the inside looking out, I would guess at this point, 27 of 37, 261, and four touchdowns. This game was DJ Metcalf's, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Dalvin Cook, best running back day of the year, I would say. 30 carries, 163 rushing yards, two receptions, 63 receiving yards, and then you see the big number there, four touchdowns. Biggest game of the year for a running back for sure. Derrick Henry had a slow first half, picked it up in the second half. It was too little, too late. 18-1-12 and a touchdown for him. Still a good game. DK Metcalf moving his way up into, I don't even know where in the first round next year. 12 receptions, 161 <laughs> receiving yards, and two touchdowns. The guy's unstoppable. And so is Devontae Adams, who may end up leading the NFL in touchdowns this year. How about that? Seven receptions, 53 yards, and three touchdowns for him in a losing effort against Minnesota. So I guess we can start with Minnesota here for a minute, Joe, because sure. uh, bigger than the upset, of course, is the fantasy ramifications at this point. What in the world has happened to the Packers' run defense that was so good a year ago? Uh, they can't, they're almost like I, I thought Houston was supposed to have the worst defense in the NFL. But w- what has happened to the Packers where they can't stop anyone at this point? I mean, Minnesota, Joe, did nothing in this game but just hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, look, we talked about this at length on the Fantasy Bros podcast. Mike Tagliere and myself, we were talking about what a smash game this would be for Dalvin Cook against Green Bay. But I don't think either one of us thought it was going to be this good. I mean, it was crazy. And he looked so good out there doing it, too. It was great to see him healthy coming off of that groin injury. And he took a shot early in this game, too, and he left the field. And there was a moment where I think everybody just kind of collectively went, oh, no, here we go again. And he came back in it two plays later, and the rest is history, as they say. But it was fascinating, this game in general, because the first half of this game, there were only four total possessions five if you really count that last one that was about 30 seconds there for the Packers but all four of them basically resulted in touchdowns it was so weird it's basically like they had all these long extended drives on both sides and it was Dalvin Cook scoring a touchdown and then Devontae Adams scoring a touchdown and then going back and forth it was like watching a heavyweight boxing match or something like that in fantasy um then you're talking about DK Metcalf and you raise a great question, and I was having this conversation just yesterday, too, which is, where is DK Metcalf in terms of value next year? And I think you can make an argument based on his age, based on the quarterback, based on the consistency of the game log this year, that he could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy next year. And that's not a hot take. It's not a crazy thing. Maybe we'll bring it back for tomorrow and talk more about it. But it feels like with Michael Thomas missing time this year, it's going to always knock him down a peg in people's minds. Devontae Adams, very good wide receiver, but does miss some time in there as well. They're all in that mix. Julio is going to be in that mix. But, Craig, it's hard to deny what DK Metcalf is doing. And the times where you do double him, those are the two games where Tyler Lockett has had three touchdowns in both of those games. Where you try to just stop DK Metcalf, all of a sudden then Tyler Lockett does a huge game. And it's fascinating to watch back and forth. But it feels right now that that kid is just scratching the surface of what is an enormous talent and what could be a huge career in the NFL for years to come. 
Yeah, and, and listen, I watched him play a ton in college. I always thought he was a good player, but he is a very, I mean, not a rare example. There are some in the NFL, but he is an example of a player that's better in the NFL than college, where you don't see it coming. And maybe it's because of the quarterback that he had for a few years there. But uh, regardless of that, Metcalf has been a star among stars in the NFL. I, I think it is a fair point. Have to see the final eight games play out. Michael Thomas could end up having 200 yards a game. That could change the opinion again. And by the way, Michael Thomas could be somewhere else. Let's not forget Hopkins. Hopkins could have a phenomenal second mm-hmm. half. Um, and, and a lot of things could happen. But at this stage, if you said moving forward, as of right now, for the rest of the season, you could only have one wide receiver in the NFL, it would be him. So that's, I mean, that's, and, and in fantasy, when you're talking about dynasty leagues too, Craig, let me let's touch on the long term ramifications too. all the guys you just mentioned are all fantastic and all should be considered in that conversation as number one. But who is the brightest three year window coming up? And it's hard not to say DK Metcalf with Russell Wilson, with how bad that defense is played, too. I mean, that's been a lot of it, too. The bad Seattle defense has really forced them to continue to throw the ball. The injuries they've had at running back. It's been the perfect storm for DK Metcalf. But he's just a matchup nightmare. The guy's just a freak in terms of the size, the athleticism, the speed, all those things. I mean, it's like watching Julio or watching these guys when they first come in there. Or or when Calvin Johnson was first coming on the field, you're like, how do you stop this guy? So I'm thinking down the future, too, in terms of three-year window-wide receivers, I don't know if there's a better one. Maybe Michael Thomas, but yeah. that's a maybe because we don't know where Drew Brees is going to be two years from now. Yeah, all, all those things you know sort of have to play themselves out. Um, you know, let's also not lose sight of the fact that also Seattle has struggled to run the ball at all. So they have a yep. lot of nice names, and and they give the guys the ball in the one yard line, and they score a lot, like Carson or Homer or your yesterday was DJ Dallas, but they don't have a mm-hmm. strong Lynch-ish running back. And so they end up throwing the ball so much that that really favors in as well. And and that happens on some teams. So I, I think that's that's definitely part of the equation. Uh, in, in terms of the biggest surprise yesterday as far as fantasy output, Joe, I mean, when I looked at it yesterday, there were a couple of games that I thought were going to be, uh, you know, super high scoring. But I guess weather yeah. seemed to be somewhat of a factor in those games as well. So uh, in particular, uh, the Raiders ended up beating the Browns, and it just looked like it was really hard to throw in that game. And then also in Cincinnati, uh, where where the Bengals, as I said, the Bengals defense played great. I don't know. I mean, maybe it just was a matter of Tennessee not playing well. But uh, really, neither team between Cincinnati and Tennessee lit it up. But the Bengals mm-hmm. definitely played the better all-around game in that one, for sure. Well, they absolutely did. And I wonder if the Titans were sleeping-locking a little bit. You know, they had some big matchups here the last few weeks. The Steelers, a few other matchups, like really big-time games for them. And this could have been seen as that letdown game. And basically it was. Also another missed field goal there from Goskowski. I don't know how they continue. And, you know, you want to give a guy a pass in tough weather situations. But, geez, and you talk about tough weather. I mean, 46-mile-an-hour wins in that Cleveland game. I mean, that was just terrible conditions to play a football game in there. And that's why you had the Hunter Renfro showing up there and a couple other things. And and basically the Cleveland offense and all the good momentum that they had last week with Baker Mayfield having this great game all went in the toilet and that's kind of frustrating too but good on joe burrow you know i'm with you i was very disappointed in terms of total i was looking for that cincinnati tennessee game to be much better than it was on both sides but unfortunately it was more the cincinnati end of it so if you had that it was great another good game from uh from tyler boyd but i'm gonna say this joe burrow when you watch that guy play 
it's hard not to think that Cincinnati's got a really bright future here. He makes some plays and makes some throws where you go, yeah, that's it. That's what a franchise quarterback looks like. And it's exciting. It almost feels like we're going through a, a quarterback renaissance here where we had all these great Hall of Famers and now we're starting to pass off here to Burrow, to Herbert, I mean, Tua getting the start here. You have Mahomes playing out of his mind. And let's not forget Mahomes in the in the MVP conversation. I feel like all we do is talk about Wilson and that's fair. But I feel like Mahomes is starting to hear that noise a little bit. And yesterday was certainly a nice lineup, uh, a builder for the resume, wouldn't you say, with the five touchdowns? I mean, it looked like when you go out there and you play the adults against the teenagers in one of those pickup football games in Thanksgiving, that's what it kind of looked at. We just kind of running routes, and then you're kind of stuffing it in their face, and you're, like, you know, you're carrying off your uh, your cousins and area, like, hey, look at us. All right, let's go eat. That's basically what it felt like watching that football game for the most part. Yeah, the, the Jets are definitely resume-building games, it looks like, this year, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. although, although, the Jets, although the Jets, again, like, I, I really – their game plan is so horrible. Like, they're just planning to kick field goals all day long, not going for it. Like, you're, you're 0-7 and still kicking field goals. Like, what do you, yeah, what do you got to lose? I'm with you. I mean, the first half I understood like, trying to kick the field goals, but at a certain point in the second half, don't you just six? let it all hang out? six or five? This is horrible. Uh I was something like that. I mean, four, it was nuts. Three? I, mean, I don't know. Just way too many. They had no, no, nine. No, they had. They only made three. Oh, they had three. I think they missed okay. one. I could be wrong. I had to go check that. All right, one of the great games of the day uh, lived up to the billing. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We'll go through our fantasy standouts from that game coming up. That's right after Chris's update. Make sure you stay tuned. We are back on the grid here on Fantasy Sports today in just two minutes. Bye. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, one of the best games of the day, without a doubt, lived up to the billing Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Whenever these two teams play, it goes right down to the wire, right down to the end, and it did again on Sunday. So let's take a look at the fantasy standouts from this game. The undefeated Steelers, who were in a position right now to at the very least win their division, at the very most maybe even get to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Great bet before the season. Ben Roethlisberger, 21 of 32, 187 passing yards and two touchdowns, doing just enough to win. James Conner. Didn't really need to do much, but again, the Ravens' defense is still mostly healthy. 15 carries, 47 rushing yards, three receptions, 13 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Chase Claypool back in a big way. Five receptions, 42 yards, a touchdown. He was targeted a bunch in this game. Eric Ebron also getting involved with the receptions and the touchdowns. And Juju Smith-Schuster, Mr. Second Half, seven receptions and 67 yards for him. And so a very good performance overall uh, by the Steelers. They... Uh, had a couple of big turnovers in this game, especially a late interception from Lamar Jackson, also an early interception for Lamar Jackson. Speaking of Lamar, his numbers, probably the worst game of the season for him. 13 of 28, 202 passing yards, 65 rush yards, two touchdowns. But if you lose points for picks in your league, you got hurt by this. He had two interceptions in this game. Uh, Mark Ingram, even after the bye, not healthy. So J.K. Dobbins took over. But the, mm-hmm. the Ravens rushed for almost 300 yards on the ground. They still couldn't win. It's amazing. J.K. Dobbins, 15 carries, 113, looked great. Gus Edwards, 16 for 87. He got the goal line carry, so he scored. Willie Sneed, 5 for 106. Miles Boykin, 2 for 20 and a touchdown. And Hollywood Brown ended up getting one uh, as well, but he's not been much of a factor for the Ravens. So, uh, Joe, the, the Steelers just keep on cruising here. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, different guys at wide receiver basically uh, getting in on the action every single week. That was the way it's been playing out, and it seems like that's the way it's going to play out the rest of the season. Very tough team to predict who is going to get their touchdowns and yards, but forever, who, it's basically like the Steelers are playing the matchups, it seems like, at this point. They're doing a great yeah. job of that. They really are. And Deontay Johnson started in this game, came out early, and you could set your watch to it. If he's not in, Chase Claypool is a huge deal. And it is just another touchdown, a good performance from him there. He got you about uh, 16 points or so in full point PPR. Good day for him. Uh, it was a pretty balanced attack, it seemed like, from the Steelers. And you're right, they do play matchups, and that's what good teams do. They take advantage of those matchups when they have. The defense played well, too. They got some pressure on Lamar Jackson in this game. And you're right. I mean, they, they did run the football effectively, which was the identity of this football team last year, and it's something they've struggled with this year. I know we're going to get into a little bit more tomorrow. I've got some stats lined up here with Dobbins because I think we have to talk about where things go from here, whether or not Ingram really, when he's healthy, gets back into this mix or not, because I think it might be time to see what Dobbins is for better or for worse, because this was a good game for him. Gus Edwards carried the ball quite a bit too. Lamar's always going to get his. But no, not a good game for Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, they had an opportunity here This game was theirs at the end, so it's frustrating. You feel, I think, if you're Baltimore that you had a good run here, you had a chance to win this football game, but it's tough when you lose big games at home to AFC opponents because now, basically, there's no way I think Baltimore can get that by. No matter how well they play the rest of the year, it's going to either go to Pittsburgh or it's going to go to Kansas City. That's that lone buy that's so important for so many teams there, and a huge loss, too, losing uh, Stanley here for the year, too, that big line and that tackle that now they just signed to that extension, so that's going to hurt them as well. So this was a loss and then compounded by losing a big offensive lineman as well. Yeah, I, I thought Pittsburgh just hung in long enough to just take the lead at the yeah. end, and and then they stopped Lamar Jackson in the end, which was really impressive there. So uh, all the kudos to Pittsburgh for sure. They keep winning. They keep covering, too, making people a lot of money this year. Okay, Pittsburgh and Green Bay. The Packers were six-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. It looked like the wrong team was favored in, in this one, just based on the running game. Kirk Cousins only threw 14 passes total in this game, 160 and a touchdown. And uh, Dalvin, it was Dalvin Cook who had 163 yards on the ground, also had a receiving touchdown in this one. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I believe he had the most fantasy points of anybody in fantasy football this year. I believe he hit 50. Adam Thielen, three receptions, 27 yards, nothing to speak about. Justin Jefferson, same, three receptions, 26 yards for him. So bust in terms of the wide receivers. Now, Mm -hmm. over to the Green Bay Packers, things actually worked out okay, even in a loss, because they had to come back. 27 41, 291, and three touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, so he was perfectly fine. Jamal Williams didn't score, but you could see that he still got something there. 16 carries, 75 yards. Adams picked up three touchdowns on the day. And Robert Tunyon, five receptions, 79 yards as he continues to play well. They simply put, still don't really have a secondary option, but Tunyon has been the best of all of the names thus far this season and really the only one to even consider starting outside of Adams. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. I mean, Jamal Williams has played well in the stead for Aaron Jones, but whenever Aaron Jones is healthy, you'd imagine he'd go back to being the backup role there. But what's kind of misleading about this Aaron Rodgers line is he had about just 200 yards passing with about a couple minutes left in this game, and then obviously things opened up. So the Aaron Rodgers line was far less impressive until, I would say, the last five minutes of this game, and then he added the other touchdown, the third touchdown there for Devontae Adams. But uh, it just was weird. It was just It seemed like... The team that had urgency was the team that only had the one win, and they came out knowing that this was basically their season and just got kind of like a restart for them in a lot of ways. You know, they played them week one. They got trashed in their own building. So they had the bye. They came back and said, hey, this is it. This is our chance for redemption. They took it. 
And Green Bay just never seemed to get going here. I mean, this is so weird because it felt like Green Bay was just kind of pacing through, pacing through. It was tied at the half. And then all of a sudden, the second half, Minnesota just took over, and it was kind of a weird laissez-faire attitude with Aaron Rodgers. They really didn't have a sense of urgency up on the line, even late in this game where it felt like, hey, get up to the line. Let's run some plays here. You don't have a lot of time left here. It was kind of a strange end to this game for me, but uh, a great win here for Minnesota regardless and a great performance by Dalvin Cook for sure. Yeah, the running game is very crucial now. Got to start finding uh, mm-hmm. who Green Bay plays and play the running back against them, even if 100%. even if it's not a viable guy. It looks like it at this point. All right, Dolphins and Rams, a, a very interesting start to this game for sure. As uh, as the Rams get the ball, they get a quick turnover on Tua, and, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is not going to go well. And honestly, it really wasn't great for Tua. It was just the Dolphins' defense showed up in a big way against the Rams. Let's start off with Miami stats. Tua, in his first start, ironically, looks a lot like the other guys who made their first <laughs> starts. We went through this yeah. last week. It's just It's usually not great at the beginning. He didn't run a lot. And they were up a lot, and they didn't ask him to do too much. So Miami is definitely a team that I'm interested in seeing moving forward. They're going to have to get more from the offense for sure. Gaskin, 18 carries, 47 yards. He rushed for a touchdown, also fumbled once in the game if you lose points for that. Parker only had one touchdown, but it was a big one. It was the first for Tua. And the Dolphins' defense special teams gets a mention here because they scored twice against the Rams. Mm -hmm. And I would guess that nobody played the Dolphins' defense going into this game on Sunday. Los Angeles Rams, Jared Goff, a ridiculous, disgusting 61 passes thrown in this game because they were just behind the entire game, 355 passing yards. It's very misleading, the numbers, but I suppose in fantasy, it doesn't matter. You just take what you get. One touchdown, two interceptions, also fumble. Malcolm Brown was the leading ball carrier for the Rams because Daryl Henderson got hurt, so that's something we'll have to monitor. Cam Akers did finally play a little bit in this game but not enough to make a difference between Brown and Akers. Cooper Cup, 11 receptions, 110, so he was their big winner there. Uh, Also, Robert Woods, two more touchdowns for him and a rushing touchdown. Very solid wide receiver, too, across the board. Mm -hmm. And then Gerald Everett got some uh, action in this one, five receptions, 32 yards for them. So, uh, look, I mean, Joe, this is just like the perfect storm probably for Miami. They get a team traveling cross-country. They got all this mojo with their new quarterback. The new young quarterback doesn't really do very much. The defense comes up. The special teams comes up. And if you were to guess, and and the Dolphins ran a punt return back for a touchdown Mm -hmm. in this game, if you were to guess how many punt returns for touchdowns there have been in the NFL this season, how many would you guess? Mm, Punt return three? That was the only one in the NFL this season yesterday. Really? Wow. The only one. And look, Jakeem Grant is amazing. He's fun to watch. And and you know that if you do not get a hand on that guy and on that one return, like I think they barely got one hand on him. That's it. Like he is just going to burn right by you. He did it a couple times last year, if memory serves, too. I mean, this guy is he's ferociously fast, man. You got to watch out for that, dude. But look, the defense played great. They put a ton of pressure on Jared Goff. And Goff has the reputation of if you get to him and you get to him early and you knock him down, then good things are going to happen. <laughs> they did this game. Not only did he turn the ball over, but he starts to basically, you know, see the ghosts and start to, uh, you know, make some bad throws. And I understand you look at the line, you say, oh, it's a lot of yards and stuff like that. But continuously for me, the only guy that I trust in this Rams offense right now is Robert Woods. That's it. That's because Robert Woods makes his own. You get Robert Woods the ball, he finds an extra 10 yards somewhere. That seems to be what he does with those yards after catch, and that is something you feel good about in fantasy. But the rest of this Rams team, I mean, every week we sit here 
and we don't know who they are. Now watch next week the Rams will go out there and they'll smash somebody and they'll look great again. And you don't know. At least you're so at least difficult. you're finally realizing this. You're finally coming around on this. Yeah. Okay, well, good. you know what? I good. what happened was I got lulled into a false sense of security where they played two good games in a row, and I went. Okay, uh, maybe they're starting to roll. No, no, they're not. But look, great job here by the Miami defense, no doubt about that. They look more like the Buffalo defense of this division than the Buffalo defense in times in this game, too. They created turnovers. They played physical. They got to the quarterback. Um, look, it was just all around a really good performance there. You could tell the excitement out there, I think, on the field from these guys. And, you know, Tua did have his first touchdown. I, I think that you got to expect more, like you're saying, from this offense going forward and from Tua. So what's your expectation going forward? Do you believe that they will kind of, I don't know, open things up a little bit for him a little bit, maybe let the play calling go a little bit more? Or is this just a matter of maybe this is what the identity is? You play defense and you let Tua kind of slowly, I don't know, get involved. I mean, he's Tua. Isn't this going to be better here going forward? Like, this was kind of, I mean, I was expecting 150 yeah. yards, 90. That's not going to get the job done, Craig. Yeah, and I and I think that yesterday's Dolphins-Rams game is a really good lesson in the NFL that – that that is this is a week to week league. This is not a season to season league. Meaning that I would not take a lot out of Miami yesterday. I would not take a lot out of the Rams. I could easily go back on the Rams train and easily fade the Dolphins going into next week uh, based on what I saw there. So um, my feeling is Miami played fantastic defensively. They were fortunate to get some special teams touchdowns, but they were clearly energized by having their their franchise quarterback there. So I get all those things. But I could not sit here and tell you that looking at the early lines for next week, that I love Miami plus four and a half at the Cardinals, because that would not be the case. I think that there's going to be some pullback. There, there has to be. Tua played well enough to win, but can't play like that and win in the NFL every week. No way. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Kansas City Chiefs says nearly 20-point favorites got the job done against the New York Jets, but it wasn't that easy. The Jets' offense did move the ball a little bit up and down the field, Opting to kick field goals as opposed to going for touchdowns, and that is the recipe for a cover in the NFL. Just ask the Denver Broncos. They love their field goals. They certainly do. All right, Kansas City. Let's take a look at the Chiefs. And, and look, you could have basically just taken the entire Chiefs roster, played them on your fantasy roster on Sunday, and won. That was really the way that Mahomes did a great job spreading the ball around. Uh, 31 of 42, 416, and five touchdown passes. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, six carries, 21 yards. Not, not much for uh, for Hilaire in this game, unfortunately. But Kelsey scored, Hill scored, Hardman scored, Demarcus Robinson scored. Uh, Kelsey with eight catches, Hill with four catches, Hardman with seven catches. I saw Hardman get hurt in this game. I don't know how serious it was, but uh, he's another one I can't figure out. I got him on my but I play him. He doesn't do anything. When I don't, he scores. He's, he's a nightmare for me this year. And Demarcus Robinson, four receptions, 63 yards. Actually, Demarcus Robinson may be very interesting this week because if mm -hmm. Watkins is out and Hardman is out, I would assume that it would be Robinson, but they probably have some other guy in Kansas City. Um, maybe Dante Hall will come back and play. I don't know, but I, I can't <laughs> seem to get a bead 
on what the Chiefs are doing because Mahomes mixes it up so much. It's, he's very hard to gauge. All right, Jets yeah. in 30 seconds or less. Let's devote it to them. Sam Darnold, 18 of 30, 133. Frank Gore, uh, my, my guy Frank Gore, 10 carries, 30 yards. I don't know why P. Ryan didn't play a little more in this game. Didn't make sense to me. Braxton Berrios actually got 11 fantasy points yesterday. And then Denzel Mims right out of the gate in the first half. Two catches, 42 yards, nothing. Second half, oh well. Uh, but Chiefs, Joe, is 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 really, really tough because outside of Mahomes and mm-hmm. Kelsey, I mean, even Tyree kills Even Kelsey. Even Kelsey goes up and down game log. I mean, he had three for 30 two Hard. weeks ago in a game where he should have had a great, great game potentially. Yeah, but given the nature of the season, you still have to play all these guys. Like, it's not a matter of, of most people right. don't have the choice to make. If you have Kelsey, it's like, oh, let me sit him and play. No, of course uh, not. Know, not Dalton Schultz. Of course so not. You can't right. do it. You got to play him. And the right. same thing with Hilaire. But it is maddening to try and figure out who Mahomes is going to give a touchdown to. Cause it's really what it comes down to. It's like, oh, who do I like? Who do I want to throw one to today? It almost feels like that. Five different guys. Yeah, and look, it just was that easy for him in this game. And Robinson, you almost could smell that Robinson touchdown with Watkins out of this game. It just seems to be every time he's out, Robinson gets a touchdown in there. And uh, Tyreek Hill looked like it was just – I mean, most teams don't have an answer for Tyreek Hill, but the Jets certainly did not have an answer for him. And it just looks so easy at times for those two guys. But no Le'Veon Bell touchdown. Everybody had a touchdown, but no Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's Where's true. Revenge that's true. I forgot about that. He had six yeah. carries for seven yards. That's why you forgot about him because he did ungats in this game, as my people would say. Uh, it's nowhere to be found, basically. So, so much for that. And this was a disappointing game for Hilaire. I mean, basically, Hilaire has been okay this year. He was great in the first game. He was great in that Buffalo game. Outside of that, it's been pretty mediocre, so I kind of wonder if those people who had him in that very first game where it was just an incredible performance, if you did sell him, if you were probably looking at it going, hey, wow, look how I cashed in for Clyde Edwards there, but then again, nobody's healthy, so who knows where that is at. But it's certainly something next year that's very difficult. And before we move on, it is difficult in daily fantasy too because on FanDuel, it's a point that we made on game day. It's very difficult. You can run Mahomes out there himself. But he's always around 9,000 on FanDuel. That's a very tough sell. You can run him out there with Kelsey, but Kelsey's been up and down. You can run him out there with Tyreek Hill, but it can't be a cash game play because Tyreek Hill sometimes doesn't have a lot of reception. So it becomes very, very tricky with the Chiefs because they're so damn good. It just becomes really unpredictable, and that's a problem in terms of daily fantasy investment. Yeah, no, it's it definitely is. And and look, the Chiefs are amazing offensively, but hard to mm-hmm. predict. Very similar to the Steelers. I mean, Steelers aren't as good as Kansas City, but they've been just as difficult to no, predict. Actually, on a week it's, to week. it's actually a good uh, it's a good equation. James Washington one week. It's like Johnson had the mm-hmm. good week. Uh, was it right. last week or the week before? It's it, look every three weeks. It's like they just rotate uh, stars, and it's it's difficult. All right, so for Cincinnati, it's pretty clear cut as far as what they're trying to do moving forward. It's it's give the ball to Bernard and and let Joe Burrow do the rest. Bernard, I think, has earned more of a role in this one. I am shocked to see how well he's played the last two weeks. Uh, 15 carries, 62 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Three receptions, 16 yards, and a touchdown. Talk about turning back the clock. This I did not see. T. Higgins, 6 for 78, very solid there. Tyler Boyd, 6 receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And then out in Tate, seven receptions, 65 yards. I was actually surprised that in a game where you could have built up a little bit of value for Green that they chose not to mm. do it. I, I think that's the end of his career in, in, in uh, Cincinnati. I think he'll get moved tomorrow. Uh, let's go over to uh, Tennessee. This was a very big disappointment for the Titans because every number you see here was second half. Like literally Tannehill, it was two fantasy points nothing. at the half. Corey Davis, zero at the half. Brown, zero at the half. Henry, four at the half. 
And Tennessee is very lucky that Cincinnati almost gave them the game back a couple times. And, and you, you credit a team for being aggressive because we all want that in the NFL. But Cincinnati was a little too aggressive in this game in the third and fourth quarter, just constantly throwing. And Burrow got picked mm-hmm. off one time and they fumbled one time. I don't know what they were doing there. They had the game one. Uh, Tannehill in the end got you about 15 fantasy points, but he did not look good. Derrick Henry was bailed out with a touchdown in this game. He didn't look good either in the first half. It's bizarre. Uh, Corey Davis, eight receptions, 128. Second half, just constant garbage time for him. And the same thing with A.J. Brown, four receptions, 24, as he got bailed out with a with a touchdown there. So uh, I guess I'll just chalk Tennessee up to just a bad game. I, I don't know that this is the recipe moving forward. But I will say this. For a team that's supposed to be as good as Tennessee, they play in way too many close games. And and losing this game mm-hmm. is one thing. But they play in, like, every game they play, they can't blow anybody out, and teams are coming back on them. So I, I, I don't know that I can go as far as to say that I think that they'll go as far as they did last year. they got to clean some things up, and their defense, to me, is bottom five in the NFL. Yeah, defense has not been good this year, and it was a strong suit in the second half of last year into the playoffs, too, which is kind of mind-blogging. And yet again... We talk about it like we talked about the Chargers. There's some personnel here. There's some guys, some really good talent on this defense. Um, they came out flat in this game, and I think they just did not take Cincinnati seriously. And the one thing you could say about Cincinnati, you know, a team that's only going to have a couple wins on the year, they show up. They show up and they give all the effort they can. Now, defensively, they just don't have a lot of talent, which makes it very difficult. But they played pretty well in the first half. This They are always ready. Cincinnati always looks like they're ready for the game. I don't know if it's the excitement of Joe Burrow. I don't know if it's the coach or what's going on there. Cincinnati comes to play most weeks, and if they get their doors blown off, it's because they're playing a team that's just outclassing them in terms of talent. But the good takeaways here, obviously, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. We talked about these guys being matchup-proof the rest of the season. You never take them out of lineups, and you shouldn't here. Obviously, uh, you had the touchdown there from Tyler Boyd, which is a good sign. Again, him getting back into the mix after a couple tough weeks there where they were getting some receptions but no touchdowns. Auden Tate, I mean, there was a name I was not prepared again to talk about in fantasy. I'm with you. Why wasn't A.J. Green out there? You would think they'd be building unless it's the opposite, unless they've already been working on a deal and the other team was saying, no, 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 don't run him out there because the last thing you want to do is He's get him hurt. Traded. I don't know. We'll see. This is it. We'll see what happens. He, he, very he, to me, is the. it makes so much sense on every level for him to be gone. They're not going Agreed. anywhere. He, he's played – enough to show that he still can play. I understand a team doesn't even want to take on the price tag for this year. I, I get it. And that may hinder a deal, but I think he's played himself into a position where some team looks at it. They only got to play him for, pay him for half the games the rest of the year. Maybe in eight games, well, I mean, he picks like up Baltimore what? right now. I mean, a team like Baltimore, I think is desperate for some better wide receiver play, but I don't know if AJ green is an upgrade right now at this point in his career. Over yeah, I, don't anybody know, there. I don't know that that's, he is, but he is in green Bay. He is in green Bay. I think that's he is in really green Bay. that that's definitely one that we could put out there as well. And I know that Baltimore just brought in Des Bryant last week. We'll see what's going on there. But look, I'm not worried about the Titans offensively. This was not a good game for Tannehill in the first half. The whole no. offense collectively kind of went in the tank there. But it's good to see them flip it on in the second half. So it was, I'll give them a pass. Maybe it was a letdown. They went in at halftime, came back with a better game plan. Corey Davis looked fantastic, though. That's another guy, yeah. too, that's been up and down. But when he's been healthy and on the field this year, you could see all the things that got us so excited about him when he first got into the league, and it just never has materialized. Terrible quarterback play for most of his career, not to mention some terrible injuries, too. But when he's healthy and on the field with a guy who's playing the position well, Corey Davis is a viable fantasy-wide receiver, and it's something to keep in mind going forward into next year, too, depending on where he ends up, because he may or may not be with the Titans next year. 
Yeah. Well, uh, in terms of trade, I think that we have a lot more in store and it could come for the team that we're going to talk about next year because you talk about, or next week, right now, excuse me, a massive, massive <laughs> win. Yeah. Next week, next year, next minute. Just, you know, it's just, people don't Maybe realize that's them I do right now. That's the trade wins. They don't right realize now, I, I do a live television show here. It's just like, you, know, <laughs> you can only hit reject on your phone like eight times. Uh, anyway, yeah. trades. Upgrades. The Raiders. That's the team. What a massive win for the Raiders yesterday. I don't care if it was ugly or not. It's a game they weren't supposed to win. And the Raiders are right on the doorstep of the playoffs here. Let's look at what they did yesterday. Now, it wasn't much, but a win is a win in this league. That's for sure. 15 of 24, 112 passing yards, 41 rushing yards for Carr. Hard to throw in the game and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs was much better in this one. Although, again, he's still getting a lot of volume. 31, 128. He's had a tough year. Uh, Hunter Renfro, four receptions, 26 yards and a touchdown. He caught a touchdown pass. He was on the two and then rolled into the end zone. And then Darren Waller had five receptions for 28 yards. And because of the weather, as we moved to Cleveland, they were not able to do much either. Baker Mayfield, 12 of 25, 122. Uh, Kareem Hunt, only 66 rushing yards, two uh, receptions, seven receiving yards. Jarvis Landry was the only receiver even worth noting. Uh, nobody else did anything. And the weather was the factor in this game. Of all the games in the NFL this week that really got hit by it, this was the one. It was snowing. It was raining. It was impossible. But the Raiders are right there, Joe. Like, they are uh, – mm-hmm. look, they're above 500. They were above 500 last year. But the Raiders continue mm-hmm. to be that team in the NFL that when they're supposed to win, they lose. And when they're supposed to lose, they win. And that played out yesterday. Yeah, I feel like we're right back where we were last year when we were doing this very show. We were talking about, hey, look at the Raiders. They're right there. They're in this playoff hunt. They could be really good. Now what's going to happen here in the second half? I don't know, but we are legitimately – they might even be the same record. I'd have to go back and look, but it almost feels like, are they at the same record basically that they were last year? And you're like, okay, looks like the Raiders might be doing something here. I don't want to put too much analysis into this game because it was so bizarre. I mean, when you have 46, 50-mile-an-hour winds blowing through there and all the other stuff, I mean, it, it is very difficult to gauge. What's not going to show up in the box score, too, is that Landry had a touchdown that got called back. Ruggs almost had a touchdown in this game, too. So those are two things that you know got changed in terms of review. But I would say that the Raiders have set themselves up for success here in the second half of the season. Jacobs playing better in this game is certainly something good to take away. Waller's been good throughout. And Derek Carr, it seems like, at least, is playing with a lot more confidence. And this was a tough game here on the road in these kind of conditions. I think to come away with a victory here is a huge confidence builder for Derek Carr. Uh, And I think going forward, he's somebody to keep an eye on in your daily fantasy shares because I do think he's going to continue to hover somewhere in that low to mid-7K range on FanDuel most weeks. And that becomes a really interesting buy depending on the matchup. And the other side of this one, look, Cleveland just couldn't get anything going. And obviously kicking field goals at the end of this game was mind-blowing to me. How you could think that, I know you're down two scores, but still, I mean, just keep going for it. At this point, you like to say, take some chances. Let's see if you can get in the end zone because there was no way anybody could kick in this disaster. I don't know. I thought that was a little weird at the yeah. end of this game. But then it was again, just, who yeah. knows? It was, it was a throwaway game for, for mm-hmm. fantasy. It just – yeah. I, it it just really you just kind of saw it early on that there wasn't going to really be much of a shot with it. But look, at the end of the season, we'll look back and you'll see that the Raiders got blown out by Tampa Bay, and you'll see that they beat Cleveland, and 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 mm-hmm. Cleveland's still in a fine spot. It was just a, a coin flip type game when you're playing in those kind of conditions, and neither team is gonna you really really blow you out. So uh, just. It, 
it just really came down to the end for me in that one. All right. Well, coming up next, speaking of coming down to the end, maybe the most exciting game in the NFL this season was played yesterday. Chargers and Broncos. And when you say excitement and put Broncos in that same sentence, you know something really crazy must have happened at the end of that game. They literally will lull you to sleep. They almost did, and then they woke you up at the end. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, maybe we shouldn't be surprised anymore with what we see in the NFL and what we see with the Chargers because yet again, a Sunday where they're a favorite and blow it. And we've been doing this for 10 years, I feel like. Maybe it wasn't Philip Rivers' fault. Maybe it's just wearing that Chargers uniform. I don't know. Uh, let's take a look at the fantasy standouts real quick in our final little segment here before we close out the hour. Herbert, another nice game, although two picks did lead to them losing. Let's be clear on that. Uh, Justin Jackson, 17 carries. 89 rushing yards, three receptions, 53 yards. The name to watch here and probably the top pickup in fantasy is this kid, Tremaine Pope, who looked great, looked better than Jackson Mm -hmm. and Kelly. 10 carries, 67 yards, five receptions, 28 yards. Circle his name. We're going to have to talk about him some more. Mike Williams, five receptions, 99 yards at a touchdown. Keenan Allen has had big game after big game since Herbert has come in. He's played well and uh, good, good. I would say first half for him probably has worked his way back into wide receiver two conversation. Denver Broncos in terms of what they did all second half action, drew lock 26 of 41. Maybe he can build on this. I doubt it, but maybe he can Two forty-eight, three touchdowns, one pick Lindsay sparked the offense with a long touchdown. Deshaun Hamilton, four for 82 and a touchdown. Judy showed up in this one four receptions, 73 yards. And then Noah Fant did a lot of the damage moving the sticks in the second half as well. Uh, look, simply put, Chargers had no business ever losing this game, Joe. Uh, give credit to Denver for coming all the way back. A penalty in the back of the end zone gives them the ball in the one-yard line with one untimed down. They end up scoring a touchdown, and they win the game. Uh, look, the, the, the lesson to be learned from this is pretty simple. Uh, the Chargers, whenever they're a favorite, just go the other way. Just go the other way. You're, you're going you're gonna to win more often than not fading the Chargers as a favorite. Same thing with Dallas. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. They have this propensity for blowing games and blowing leads, but the Chargers are pretty good as a dog. Like if they're getting four or five points, they may cover for you or win. Mm-hmm. But what business do they ever have going on the road being a favorite? And I know they should have won the game. I get it. Mm-hmm. But things happen on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. Even in last night's game, Philadelphia, bad call. Dallas could have covered in that one too. But Chargers are just a disaster. They really are. Yeah, they are. I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, hey, at least good games from Allen and Williams. Let's see what happens when Eckler comes back in a few weeks, if he comes back too. But uh, certainly some pickups there and Justin Jackson with some good fantasy points also. And a K.J. Hamler sighting as well in Denver side. Good that. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Our headlines are next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.